What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on all of our newest episodes. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the TSK Show, we make our return and there is a lot of stuff Tyler and I need to catch up on. So let's just stop wasting time and get to episode 247 of the Sports Kingdom Show coming up right now. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 247 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Sklar. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How are you, man? I'm good, man. Good, but glad to be back in it. Yes. Get back in the mix a little bit. It's been a while. Yes, we are finally back. If you uh, listened to episode 246, uh, you knew we were going to be taking some time off, uh, but I honestly didn't think it was going to be that long of a break. Uh, It's been exactly 30 days. Uh, Our last episode came out on April 25th, and it's uh, May 25th. Um, but before we get into uh, why it was such a long break and what happened and and all of that, we obviously have to mention um, what happened in Uvalde, Texas yesterday. Uh, 19 elementary school age children and two teachers were shot and killed uh, and multiple others were injured um, by an 18-year-old gunman. Um, who also shot his grandmother uh, before uh, going to the elementary school. Uh, just a completely heinous, atrocious, uh, devastating act, uh, tragic. Um, it Obviously, Tyler and I were talking about it before we started recording, and, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple here uh, on the TSK show. We are obviously on the side of good and and common sense and we i mean literally a week a week ago there was a, a shooting in in buffalo no, no, and then no, the, a, a shooting at a church in orange county here in california like it's almost at like a pandemic type of level how often this shit happens it's what's pretty, crazy it's is, is crazy. what's crazier is when we were locked up or not locked up locked down for for almost two years there weren't really any mass shootings and now that p- the world is starting to open back up and i mean i saw a stat that there's been more mass shootings than there have been days of the year this year yeah it's been a it's been a while now where we're throwing numbers up like that and it's pretty alarming and it's it's uh it's um you know it's tough because you don't want to become numb to these things every single one of these deserves you know it's it's uh kind of shine to 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 bring awareness to what's going on but you know, 
I don't necessarily know what the answer is. It exactly. Seems like, I, it seems like it's pretty deeply rooted in, you know, our 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 culture, I guess. Um, not, you know, I, I don't know how you would stop it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, there's like, no there, overnight there's no, solution I, for yeah, this. Yeah, there's no, like, you know, I, I see what both sides say as far as, you know, um, reasonings or, or ways to, to kind of stop it, but it just doesn't seem like there's a good option out there yet, and they're just hammering away hammering away at it and it keeps happening you know it's it's pretty scary it's pretty wild uh never i mean i remember columbine so like columbine shut the world down for two weeks you know like we and now those are happening all the fucking time literally like within a week of each other yeah we've had a few yeah you know i just i just don't know i don't know if um you know is it a mental health thing is it a gun law thing is it a social media exposure information type of thing i don't know you know i don't really understand people blame video games video game yeah and it could be a mix of all of it i mean it could i, be, I, it I could think be it mix, is a mix of all it of could it. be a mix of all of it so i don't think that there is any one right answer any easy answer um there's things that i side with but i don't necessarily think that that's going to fix it right you know overnight so, right um you know i think i think it's safe to say here that we obviously know there is a problem we don't me and you personally we don't know how to fix it we aren't going to be the ones to fix yeah, it yeah yeah we're not we're not necessarily educated on that kind of stuff but but, but we know what's right and wrong and right. and we know when there's a problem right and hopefully with this i mean i i always mention pat mcafee on the show and he always talks about his show and what he and his boys try and do with their show and they try and make it a mental vacation for their audience and obviously they're aware of what's going on in the world and pat made light of what happened at the beginning of his show today and all of that but i like to kind of take that no no, kind of i like to also kind of follow that lead and and like to think that sports and and this topics we talk about on this show can be a mental vacation for listeners to kind of take a break and decompress from what's been going on in the real world yeah um because i mean the last 48 24 48 hours have been a lot yeah yeah and i mean what i think this is the two-year anniversary of george floyd as well it is Um, yeah today so it's this is something that's in our past our present and probably in our future that we got to take head on and um you know i i believe that you should you know everyone should kind of be aware and and be part of the part of the movement but at the same time you can't just make yourself miserable by always thinking about that and sometimes you do need a mental break and sports is uh that's one of the great things it does for people yes so speaking of breaks and mental vacations we kind of got a mental vacation and break from the show uh like i said at the beginning of this uh we took literally a month off yeah um i think this is probably the longest, longest. we've gone yeah it gotta be the longest stretch i think there was one stretch that was very similar in length but that's about i it. think it, I, it was I, over to christmas time now yeah i think you went home for couple, a couple of couple weeks years ago yeah yeah um but we we planned on taking a couple of weeks off because i had to do some traveling for work and then i was gonna go on vacation um but i went to austin texas uh, on may 5th for a country music festival that that i had to work in I ended up getting COVID-19 from it. Uh, it took me over two years uh, to finally get COVID. Tyler uh, got it uh, a few months ago. Did, I, uh, I got it on Christmas. Yeah, okay. So within the last six months. 
That's funny. You got it on Christmas, and I literally got my second boot or my first booster shot for the vaccine two days after Christmas, and then now five months later, I got COVID. Yep, I was, I was, I was at Christmas Day was actually like my worst day where I was just oh jeez down and out. Oh man, yeah. So I literally got COVID two days after my birthday. So I went to Texas on the fifth. I came home on the 8th, which was Mother's Day, found out I was exposed, and I basically, my parents were going to pick me up from LAX, and we were going to drive a little bit further south to Orange County to my grandparents uh, and do Mother's Day, but I found out I got exposed to COVID-19, and I was like, Dad, drive my car, have Mom follow you in another car, you guys hop out, get in the car, and keep going, and I'll go home so I don't risk exposing the grandparents, and lo and behold, four days later, I I test positive. Uh, I had to cancel my birthday uh, party, unfortunately. And now that was a that was a tough one. Yeah, uh, uh, it, it it don't it definitely doesn't wait to pick the right time for you. No, it never. It, it picked Christmas for you. <laughs> it picked like, my birthday for I mean. me. It, it's it don't give a fuck. No, COVID don't don't give a fuck about nobody. No, no, it's in it's um it's definitely there's another wave coming around right now. I had to cancel uh, my Washington uh, trip too. Yeah, I mean you were part of a, a, a you know. Another group of people, you know, my whole family got it up north. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, well, I gave it to my dad, there unfortunately. Was, there was people I worked with got it, you know. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, cases are going up. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's just, uh, it's probably just going to always be a thing, you know. Um, it's going to be, you know, something that's probably part of our lives for a couple of years here. Yeah, but I missed like a full seven days of work. Like I missed Thursday, Friday, and then all five days last week. Finally tested negative over the weekend, and I was back to work this Monday, and and now we're here back on the show, thank God. It's an ass kicker. I mean, it's good that the, the you know the death rate uh, seems to be lowered with these newer, um, I don't even know what you call them, variants or whatever. But uh, it still kicks your ass. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, it, I was sick like, for three it's, days. It's a sickness that's like a little different, you know, than anything I've felt is with as far as like the fatigue. The, I'm noticing more the fatigue after the fact. Yeah, but I mean. I, th- for, I think I still got some things that are fucked up from when I had. I know like, plenty of people that say they have long term effects from COVID. Yeah, yeah, de- and it's it's you know like my neck and and my lungs and stuff like that, which is all breathing kind of based. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. I noticed definitely yesterday on my run when I was working out because I finally started to get back into working out. I, I noticed on my run I felt a little bit more winded than normal, and I was like, oh, I should probably take it a little bit easier. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's yeah, I mean we still just don't know what it's doing. You know? Yeah, it's there, there's there's definitely some residual effects and um like I've lost my voice three times since I've gotten I lost ten pounds from COVID. Like uh, it's it's there's weird things, you know, I, I feel like are still kind of happening to my body since COVID. Yeah, it's it was definitely an interesting sickness. It, Which it, was like my second run with COVID, too. I think, I mean, you know, I think. That oh, yeah, like, you, you thought you got it pretty early. I, I'm almost positive I had the first, first, very, very first run. Yeah, um, like even like before. January 2020. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, you know, I work in restaurants, and, and at that particular time, I worked at a restaurant that was dominated by tourism. Um, yeah. And, and in Los Angeles, we have a huge uh, Asian uh, tourist market or you no, know tourist I don't know. Based, we got a lot yeah. of a lot of asian people uh c- come to la to you know to visit for for vacation or whatever um and so like i just think that i that was an easy exposure for me you know with the original uh with the original strain and 
Um, I remember being sick and it like whooping my ass and everybody, it was almost like a joke at that point in time. Yeah. I mean, we you didn't know, think like, it was going to be a thing over uh, here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was still coronavirus at that time. And I remember like our whole restaurant getting sick, like that December, January, February. And it was like, Oh, do you have the Corona? You know, like, yeah. It's like, well, fuck, I think I did. <laughs> yeah. Now looking back at it. Yeah. But anyway, we, we've missed a lot, uh, in the sports world. Uh, we were kind of joking about it. Uh, before we even started um, just trying to figure out the timeline of where we left off. Um, but all right, Tyler, we, we got a lot to catch up on from the NBA playoffs, so let's let's get right to it. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at midfield. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? take this and you burn it. Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. All right, so just for full disclosure, we're recording this in the middle, not really the middle, the tail end of the Miami Heat, Boston Celtics, Eastern Conference Finals, Game 5. Ass-whooping. I mean, not really an ass-whooping. Boston was up by a lot to start the fourth quarter, yeah. uh, but it's 89 to 76 right now with three minutes and just over 20 seconds to go. Derek White just airballed a three in the corner. All right. Anyway, we we last recorded at the tail end of the first round, Tyler. Uh, so I figured we could quickly recap uh, what we missed and how we get to where we are now with the conference finals. Uh, first, Phoenix was able to hold off New Orleans, even though I remember at one point I said that the Pelicans had all the momentum in the series uh, after Devin Booker got hurt and they were going to upset the Suns in the first round. Uh, that ended up being wishful thinking on my part. The Suns ended up winning that series 4-2. to two. Dallas then beats the Jazz in six games. Uh, Golden State beat the Nuggets in five games, sending the regular season MVP Nikola Jokic home in the first round. Did you see the video of when uh, Jokic got the MVP trophy in? Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That was such a cool, such a cool video. I, just, what I a thought, fucking heck, dude. <laughs> he comes in on his little uh, uh, cart with the being pulled by a horse, yeah, and yeah. he can't even fit in it, so he's, his legs are hanging over the side. I thought that was so funny. No, those guys are one of a kind. Yeah, and then Memphis sent the Timberwolves home in six games, and. Patrick Beverly couldn't celebrate like he won the NBA Finals in the first round like he did when he won a playing game. Uh, that was a great series. It was. That was a great series. That was it, definitely the it's been a kind of a lackluster playoff and that was definitely the kind of shining moment of the first round. I remember titling episode 246 the NBA playoffs have been a little bit more exciting than we were expecting or something along those lines and ever since then it kind of has taken a dip and There just hasn't been yeah I mean, there just hasn't been the drama. I mean, this Boston-Miami one's been great um, just from a physicality standpoint. But the the Grizzly-Timberwolf one, I mean, the, you know, Cat and Jaw's dad and just being too That was of, such a great just little underlying two, story. Two young up-and-coming teams um, that yeah. are kind of fighting to be, you know, you know, here here I am type of scenario. So, uh, 
that was that was probably the the series of the first round. Yeah, and then in the East in the first round, Miami beat Atlanta in five games. Philly was able to hold on against the Raptors and beat them in six games. A lot of people thought the Raptors were going to have a chance to upset Philly uh, with the way things were going on in Philly. Uh, Milwaukee handled the Bulls in five games, and then Boston swept Brooklyn for the only first-round sweep. And that series was actually already over when we last recorded, so we actually got to talk about that first-round series matchup. Yep. Um, That that was an ass-kicking, too. Yeah, and very unexpected. And Boston, I mean, has continued to, to roll on here in the playoffs and and really they've been on a roll since the all-star break in the Eastern conference. Uh, then in the second round, Dallas upsets Phoenix in seven games, which that to me just confirmed everything I knew all along about the Phoenix suns. And that is that they were frauds and they have been since the playoffs last year when they faced an injured team in each series and advanced to the NBA finals. They go on to have, the best record in the NBA all year this season, uh, which I guess that technically helped their case in not being frauds. Uh, but then, no, they're a good basketball team, but eh, you know, they're uh, they're front runners. Hey, that's that's not that's not the worst thing. Um, but uh, Luca, man, I mean, no, Luca was unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's like Phoenix is a better basketball team than Dallas. Dallas has beaten two teams, in my opinion, that are better than that are better than Dallas. Luca's just kind of been on his, you know, this is very much like Allen Iverson type of memories come back to my mind where I see these fucking chumps he's out there playing with. And, ah, they're not uh, chumps, but he uh, definitely doesn't have as much help as, as no, the other people. No, I shouldn't say chumps. That's dramatic. But this is not, he does not have a number two. You know, he really doesn't even have a number three. I mean, Dimwitty maybe, but this is a team full of role players. It, it's, it's, I mean, I, I've, I've, uh, I've talked well about how Dallas built this roster around Luca. They they've built it their way with their guys. Um, I really just think they're like another, you know, one superstar joins this team and it's a wrap. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're ready to pop all, all of their players can kind of, they're all role players. They're all guys that can kind of change around with their role. So you could literally get a big, you could get a little, you could get a wing, whoever you want as your number two, you can get because of how versatile um, Luca is as a superstar and their roster is, around Luca. I mean they have length length and shooting um ar- around these guys. So uh but my back to my original point, I, you know, Phoenix had no business losing that series. I mean Luca And they lost it Lu- bad. Luca um Luca straight up beat them by themselves. And I, and I was definitely here for Luca Devin Booker type of um I want that I want that rivalry. That would be great. That was um, that was really fun to watch them go back and forth for seven games. And then I mean in the seventh game, Phoenix doesn't show up at home, and Dallas led by as much as forty-eight points in Game oh, well, Seven. I mean, I said it. I, you know, I, I don't know if I said it on the show, but you know, out in out in real life, you would say I was like, you know, Phoenix is a better team; they should win this series. But you cannot play Luka in a Game Seven. You cannot play the if you're a good basketball team, you do, you got to put them away in Game Six because. You do not want to play a one-man band in the seventh game because that one man can beat you. He came back from down three-one against the Clippers. There's, uh, there's, there's, mo- you know, there's not a ton of guys that are out there that are one-man bad teams. Uh, I, I mean, I would similar to like Portland back in the day with Dame Lillard. It's like you don't want to play them in the seventh game purely because that one guy across from you could beat you yeah. in a one-game scenario. Yeah, and a one game scenario, Luca could put a team on his back and beat anybody in the NBA. So, 
they put themselves in a position uh, to lose that series. They really lost it to me in Game Six. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, they could, you know, they could obviously still win, but you need to bury you need to bury a team like that. Uh, you cannot let someone like Luca have a shot. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, listen, Phoenix was also going through their own stuff. DeAndre Ayton and Monty Williams, they were obviously on on the outs with each other. DeAndre Ayton was basically in the doghouse, and it. Which is tough. You needed him. I mean, Dallas does. That's like the one guy that Dallas didn't have anything for. Um, you know, they don't have yeah. that big center. I mean, they've got guys like Klebla, Dwight Powell, and and Bertons. Yeah. So it's like they, those guys can't. Those guys can't handle uh, Iden at the rim. So uh, that was, you know, they 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 blew it. It seems like they kind of fell apart. Um, guys like Booker and CP3 probably like want it too bad. You know what I mean? And then you got guys like DeAndre that are distracted. Well, the basketball uh, gods took care of if, CP3. If so. that's what, uh, if that's the case. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like it looks like it's likely that I may be moving on, and I think that's a horrible decision for Phoenix. Oh, terrible decision! They're but like they they got the number one pick. He's the number one pick of the draft, a seven foot physical center in the NBA. You need those guys. Yeah. Enough about Phoenix. I, I let the chopper sing as soon as that that clock hit zero on Twitter. So uh, if you follow me there uh, at the Duke of Sports, you you definitely saw all that I had to say about Phoenix after that game. It's a good basketball team. Yeah, they're a good basketball. Not as team. good as they think they are. No, but that's what you want. Anyway, you got you got to have that mentality. Anyway, the next morning, Pat Beverly went off on CP3 while doing the ESPN car wash, and I agreed with a lot of what he was saying, just because I feel that way about Chris Paul and. Um, but I just had a problem with it coming from Pat Beverly. Just, I had no problem with the message. I had really just had a problem with the messenger. You saw Dame Lillard, go, uh, tweet at Pat Beverly, his frustrations over what was being said. Matt Barnes called him out, uh, on, uh, what I think it's called NBA today. Now, whatever the, the jump used to be, it used to be known as the jump. Um, but I just. That was something to hear uh, a peer and, and an active NBA player go at another active NBA player on TV like that. And I I was also kind of taken aback by the fact that Pat Beverly name dropped Paul George and said that other NBA players feel the same way. But yeah, you can't do that. But now I'm the one saying it. Yeah, it's like that that conversation, Paul George thought was going to be private no but yeah that's then that's where he went wrong yeah i mean i i i'm with like pat bev on a lot of it i like pat bev i like his personality he is he is who he is he can't fucking fake it that's for sure he wears his heart on a sleeve i and i and i dig that doesn't mean i necessarily have to agree with him all the time but um you know it's just tough if he was retired it would have been different uh being an active player seems kind of you know that's kind of a bad look and then Talking about private conversations is just like you can never do that. So it sucks because like I like him. He's a good he's entertaining talking, but Oh, ESPN it, and, it takes, and Pat Beverly got exactly what they wanted out of the situation. Yeah, it just takes away from your message when you when you do stuff like that, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I I mean I I, I admire Pat Bev and C P three both. Uh I would want both of those guys on my team and and just purely because of how competitive they both are. Yeah. But I, I agree with a lot of things 
that he said about CP3, um, not everything, but a lot of those. And uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of superstars that I think get a, get the CP3 treatment. What he was talking about, just with getting calls and. Um, but that's you, that's you always know, been a thing in the that, NBA. Exactly. That's why I just don't think like what's you know I don't but think CP3 takes it I to just, another level. I just didn't think he was bringing up anything new or anything like. We didn't already know. CP3 gets calls just like Shaq, Harden, LeBron. But CP3 is also a dirty player. You know, well, uh, yeah, that that could be. He fights. He's a small guy, and and he also you know, trips and kicks people in the balls. Yeah, yeah, and... because that's what he's had to do to be. Uh, that's what he's had to do to become a basketball player. But I mean, he gets it back. It's it's not like it's not like Chris Paul has just had it easy. You know what I mean? He hasn't don't want anything. So it's not like. There's a reason for it's that. It's not like it's led to, you know, cha- like, you know, all this stuff. He's been a great basketball player. He plays a certain way. He's not the first dirty basketball player ever. No. And he's not the first dirty star ever. No. I mean, Kobe and Michael were definitely fucking hitting you around and tripping you and pulling oh, yeah. on you and, and, and yanking on your arm. Kobe studied the ref book grab- to figure out the positioning of refs to see what he could get away with. Yeah. So it's not, these are not, these are not necessarily Chris Paul things. You know, like, yes, Chris Paul does them but this is not like he's the only one that's where it was kind of like you it feels it feels personal it feels personal it was very personal it doesn't feel like this is like this this is unfair because this player gets all these calls well there's like there's a handful of guys like that. well you remember the push in the back in in the playoffs last year patrick beverly pushing chris paul that what pat beverly did was on espn was 100 percent personal yeah, no, it was. That's and that's where you kind of lose it. That's where people lose it a little bit. You know, right. like you can't bring that in. There's, there's ways that you could have presented that argument where everyone would have been like, "You're fucking right." Yeah. Anyway, moving on. But hey, I love both those guys. I'm I'm a big fan of CP3 and Pat Bev. I want, I'd want either one of those dudes on my team, and I wouldn't want to play either one of those guys. Yeah. All right, moving on. Golden State sent the Grizzlies home in six games, basically ending. Uh, the Grizzlies' Cinderella run uh, around earlier than the Atlanta Hawks last year. As uh, Tyler and I like to compare the Grizzlies to uh, from teams of the past that that were similar young teams, up and coming, kind of making it further than expected. John Morant did get hurt with a bone bruise in the series, and I don't think he played like the last three or four games of the series. Um, but Memphis was still a great team without John Morant the entire year, um, and realistically it wasn't their year this year anyways no and golden state is a team where they've been there they've done that in a matchup against such an inexperienced team like memphis who's also now losing their superstar for some of the series it it real it was set in stone before before the series started if that's what everybody knew the series was going to turn out to be now the grizzlies they were a really fun team to watch all year. Um, it's just they weren't able to keep up with the Warriors' pace. They both both of those teams like to like they both like to run, and yeah. the Warriors they were just faster. It, well, and they're just more efficient at what they do. I mean, they've been doing it a lot longer. They right. kind of you know you got dangerous, dangerous players out there, and and uh, I mean the Warriors are are on an FU tour right now. Yeah. Now, in the East, Miami beat Philly in six games, and then 
once again, Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid were throwing the other guy under the bus, and this year the other guy just happened to be James Harden. Uh, but James Harden also kind of deserved to be thrown under the bus because uh, he's clearly taken a step back from his MVP level that he was at in Houston. Um, in the elimination game where Philly was eliminated, James Harden only had 11 points, four rebounds, nine assists, one steal, four turnovers. He was four of nine from the field and three of seven from three. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird what happened with Harden. I mean, I, I felt I had sympathy for him at first, and and especially in Brooklyn, I had a lot of sympathy for him because you know I thought that he didn't get what he signed up for. Right. Um. And, but now uh, he got what he wanted. Yeah, yeah, he did, and it's just what what's so bizarre is like the shot attempts. I mean, it's just so weird. Like of all the things you you like, people saw a couple of James Harden. That's I don't think the shot attempts dropping off a fucking cliff is one that people had down, and and it's too bad. I really, I mean, I just think that that they they blew it. Like the Embiid injuries were super unfortunate because that team had enough to do it, especially and- like watching the finals. Now it's like. Embiid and Harden could have, if if you had anything close to what Harden was two years ago, Embiid and Harden are enough. This is why I say don't ever compare Harden to Kobe again. Don't ever compare Joel Embiid and Harden to Kobe and Shaq. Well, like, Harden should have never been compared to Kobe. They're different. They're different players in general. Um, like Embiid, Embiid is that fucking dude. I mean, he's the biggest. He's the you know arguably the best big man in the league. Yeah, you got a Jokic in there too, but like. He's legit. I've, I, it sucks that he got hurt. And, you know, Embiid, I, I, I respected Embiid a lot this season for keeping his head down and putting well, his yeah. team on his back. And him ben putting Simmons, up with the bullshit he had to put up with. Yeah, I mean, I think that Embiid is, is extremely respectable and is really about that life. Like, you can, oh, yeah. you can throw him in Shaq's name and it not be insulting like it is a Harden and a Kobe. Um, I think Embiid's a lot closer to a Shaq than Harden is to a Kobe. Shaq just, need, I mean, Shaq. Embiid just needs the rings now. Yeah, exactly. Which, which is, you know, like this year was tough. Like it get getting injured. You know, it's like he played through his injuries, which is was. I think Embiid's a guy that like even Shaq respects. Thirty and fifteen. That's yeah, no what matter. Shaq, you know, no what matter I mean? how like, much Shaq can make fun of him on Inside the NBA and all of that. Like I think deep down, like that's one of his favorite guys. I would yeah. say, like that's got to be one of his guys. He's, he's. He's a tremendous talent, and and that Philly team, man, it's that that's a that's a stacked rock roster. They should have been competing with the people like Boston, Miami, Milwaukee. And the reason you make a trade for a guy like James Harden is for if Joel Embiid gets hurt in the NBA in the NBA playoffs, Harden can step up and be that MVP type player, and he just didn't do that. And that's yeah. that's why I've never really had sympathy for James Harden in any of these situations. I know, I know, I definitely kind of understood the sympathy you were giving him in Brooklyn, but he also forced his way there and all of that. But I just think James Harden's fall, and we've seen it first person with our own eyes over the last couple yeah, of years, yeah. it's all been his doing. Yeah, maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe. It's the, hard to the, tell at The gallivanting yeah. around with little Baby and all of this, like, he. there's nothing that we have, there's no evidence that we have seen that he is putting in the work to yeah, get back to what he... But I also don't necessarily think, like, there's a ton of evidence that he's just being lazy. Coming I mean, in out of shape, Tyler? I, that's I, think it, he, that's... I think he still works on his game. He still uh, works on his game, but he came in out of shape, Tyler. That's a, yeah, per, that's a perfect no, example of, of no, being no, lazy. No, no, it is. It is. It is. And and he may have been out of shape, but 
it's he was he was he was being the the prima donna superstar move of trying to get the fuck out. But you can't let shape. your game suffer if you're uh, going to be demanding su- no, stuff no. like a superstar. No, no, he shouldn't. But he he did put in a lot of work, especially like with Houston. Yes, um, he had some. He earned there. a certain cachet. Yeah, yeah, like he earned a certain. I mean, he amount was, of cachet he was to, there, to make the he moves. Was the but franchise. Yes, but he no, also I mean, let his, it get his, away from his, him. His playing, his play fell off. I mean, at at 32 years old, it's not like the weirdest thing in the world. He wasn't a freak athlete ever to begin with. What's so thirty two like, still it, the prime of your career. His his game hitting a wall at thirty two is not necessarily the weirdest thing ever. He was not an explosive guy. If he can't separate, you know, what what's weird to me is the shot attempts. Like it that just is that's but that's weird. The, that's, mean, that's in your that's your mentality. Yeah, no, I mean it and it may be he may be checked out. That that definitely could be a possibility. He could be checked out. Um but uh, yeah, it still doesn't change the fact that that Philly team had enough had enough juice if he was anything close to what what they needed. But then Embiid getting hurt kind of it was like, well, they're not going to do it with just James Harden. Uh, and if James Harden's going to be playing the way like he like did. you need James Harden and Embiid, you needed them both. And if you had them both, you got a shot. But yeah, and then they, they really didn't get either one. They got a shell of James Harden and a hurt Embiid. Yeah. Then Boston, they end up beating Milwaukee in seven games to send the reigning NBA champions home in the second round of the playoffs. That series was a lot of fun to watch just with Giannis and Tatum going back and forth and Tatum really, I think, taking that next step into NBA stardom. And there was all the conversation of where do you do you rank Tatum now? And I don't even want to get into that because I think that's so, so prisoner of the moment. I mean, just embrace and enjoy this young talent. And I mean, listen, it, this hurts my heart to say it because he's a Celtic, but it's like you have to respect what the fuck he's been doing. Like he's been unreal. No, he's a stud. I mean, he's in that he's in that superstar mold too. Six eight, six nine forward, perimeter player. He can do it all. Yeah, but that that was a tough that was a tough series. I I I think that that was probably the championship right there. To me, I just think if Chris Middleton's healthy, Milwaukee wins that series. Yeah, easily. you know, I wasn't even going to bring up Chris Middleton because I felt like Giannis should have been able to beat Boston by himself. I mean, he had um, Drew Holiday, but still. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, he was. Mis- I mean, Chris Middleton is a big out. Like that's you could you could hide behind that if you want. There's but, a reason people were calling him the, Middleton the Batman and Giannis yeah, the Robin in the in the um, in the semifinals. Uh, you know, Giannis has just got to he's got to get it done. Yeah, you got to win that one game. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, yeah, I mean, to me, the three best teams of the East are out. You know, I, I Brooklyn, Philly, Philly and Milwaukee. Milwaukee. I mean, that's who I thought were the top three dogs all year. So, um, yeah, and I mean, yeah. Boston snuck in at the end after the All Star break with how hot they were. Well, it just shows you that building a basketball team is more important than like buying superstars. That you can you can build a basketball team. A different way than just like free agency superstar big three type of deals for sure both these both these teams miami boston have built their teams the hard way um, the spurs did it for 20 years i mean it, it's the the warriors kind of were the ones that showed you like you we can we'll, we'll mop up your super team um with the guys that we made and then in fact turned it into a super team. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say and then a year later they turned it into a super team yep <laughs> Well, speaking of the Warriors, uh, they've made it to the conference finals once again. Uh, They're facing the Dallas Mavericks. Game four was last night. Uh, The Warriors, they lead the series 3-1. 
Dallas, they were able to push off being eliminated by at least a couple of more days. They'll they'll play game five tomorrow in San Francisco. I thought heading into game four last night that the Warriors were going to come out and blow the doors off Dallas. So, I mean, credit to Dallas. They had to play a perfect game, and they really did up until the fourth quarter. Um, they were up by 29 points heading into the fourth quarter, and they kind of took their foot off the gas, and the Warriors bench was fresh from sitting all game, and the Warriors cut it to, I think it was eight. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, they they stormed all the way back. It was yeah. crazy. So they, I thought for sure Dallas was gonna fuck it up. They cut it to an eight point lead, and then did Kurt, you happen to see what the largest comebacks in playoff history were? No, I didn't. Number one was the Clippers okay. comeback. Number two was the Lakers comeback, and number three was the Clippers comeback. All right, go yeah. Los Angeles. What what a what a Clippers record to have like the largest deficit. You know, like. I'm, you if know, you're gonna, if the Clippers are gonna have a record, it's about oh we were down so fucking bad and then we came back and won it. If that's the one record the Clippers have over the Lakers, I'll was, let them have it. It was like 30, 31 points or something. It was recently too. I think no, it was in, but all, all three of them were recently. Yeah, all, all like the Lakers one was in the bubble. Yeah, so like the number the two the yeah the I think second I, largest deficit ever was bubble Lakers. If I'm not mistaken, it was the AD shot game when they were losing to the nuggets and ad hits the game winner if if i'm yeah no I mean, i'm just you're, pulling that off the top of my head yeah you're probably right um and then you know both the clippers ones i think one was like that year uh they they had no Kawhi, but and no paul george when made it to the western conference finals was that last year yeah that was last year yeah i think that was that was like the biggest deficit ever yeah anyway the the Warriors, they come back and they they cut the lead to eight. Steve Kerr puts in Steph Curry um, and the rest of the starters came in, I think, on the next dead ball. He kind of staggered it a little bit to maybe kind of save some momentum, but ultimately it ended up killing all the momentum. Dallas ends that's up winning tough, by 10. It's a tough coaching decision. There's really no right decision there. I would have stuck with the, the bench guys. It's just tough, though. So you stick with the bench guys and they fall short. You're just going to think. And, well, I mean, no matter what, if you lose, it's there's no there was no right answer, I right? Guess. Like, it, it that's just a tough decision because you know you want to like I personally would want to roll with that high end too, but are you going to be able to live with the decision at the end of the night, or can you live with the decision of putting your stars in and them losing it? My thing is with the way that game was going. Dallas was playing a perfect game. Everybody was making everything. Every, any shot that was being put up for Dallas, it felt like it was going in. For Golden State, it felt like every shot they were putting up, nothing was going in. The starters, it was an off night for Steph. It was an off night for Clay, Draymond, everybody. The bench, they were hot. They got you back in it. They were fresh. Just let them ride it out. You were down 29 starting yeah, heading nah, into nah, the fourth nah. quarter. I you mean, had nothing I, I to lose. They, they were rolling. I mean, Jarebko was making plays. Kaminga. Jarebko? Or, or Jonas Jarebko. I, I meant. <laughs> you're talking about that, right? No. No, Bielitsa. <laughs> Who was it? <laughs> it was Bielitsa, but Jonas Jarebko is a name I haven't heard in an NBA conversation in years. Okay, so what's funny is Jarebko came up the other day <laughs> because it was like. It was like one of those oh like clickbait, like, no like 98% of fans won't know who this was. And it was Jonas Jarebko. Oh my God. 
but it was Bielitsa, right? Is yeah, Bielitsa. Yeah, okay. So Bielitsa, Kaminga, Pool. Um, what's what's homie's name that's married to Curry's? Damian sister? Lee. Damian Lee. Um, the in-law, as they call him. <laughs> Jonas Jarebko only played one year for the Warriors. 2018-2019. Yeah, but I get I get those two, I think, mixed up a lot. Sorry. I, that's in just, my head. That's You're, a name I haven't heard in so long. I had to bring up his really? basketball reference. Jarebko, I feel like he wasn't he was playing not that long ago. 2009-2010 was his rookie year with the Pistons, and then he retired 2018 to 2019 season with the Golden State Warriors. He played 10 years in the league. Yeah, no, nah, I mean he he could play. Oh no, Jonas Jarebko's no slouch. Yeah, I'm nah. I just I haven't heard that name in so long. Jonas Jarebko, yeah. <laughs> and then Bielitsa. Just fun name to say, you know. Once you figure out how to say it, it's you almost feel cool. I mean, if we're going it. with with crazy European Golden State Warriors names, Andres Bjergrens was one of my all time favorites. Oh, he could play. Yes, he could. He had a he had like a nickname too, like Moose or something like that. Oh, well, I'm Pretty going good. to Basketball Reference now to find out his nickname. But uh, yeah, because Al Harrington would always complain that uh, he would have to guard the centers when they had Bjergrens. His his <laughs> his nicknames were Beans and Goose. So, Goose. Yeah, so you were you were Goose. you basically had it with Moose. I, I knew he had some weird animal nickname. <laughs> well, I mean, because Al you, Harrington talks about it on um, all the smoke, it's pretty funny. Like because Beejans was on the We Believe team. Yeah, and he was like the like Al Harrington was a starter, but the backup center because they were yeah. like a death lineup team, you know. Yeah, and so like those two, he said like they get like they they would essentially like uh, like argue over who has to guard Yao Ming, and he's like. <laughs> My body fucking hurt the next day because I'm like out here. You know, I didn't like, know that was the story you were going to go to. I, f- I thought it was going to be a different one, but that was literally what I was about to say was I remember Matt Barnes, um, Stephen Jackson, and Al Harrington talking about how Al would hate having to guard Yao Ming because Beedrins wouldn't want to do it. No, that's, yeah, that's the funny story. And, that, and I think he calls him Goose in that interview. Like, that's where I got that that nickname from. Well, it's funny because someone I played basketball in high school, we, we would always – call him lucy goosey because when you shoot it looks like a goose's neck i think uh i think drummond or no greg monroe i think greg monroe is moose that may that would make sense he's huge yeah that makes sense and he played he played for the bucks this year that makes sense yeah Ooh, that's pretty good all right um that was quite the tangent we just went on um but i mean you've said uh on this episode and many other episodes uh on this uh show that this season for Luca has been like that Allen Iverson 2000 2001 year where it's like he kind of has to do everything it obviously it's, it's not a, gonna it's a one-man band I mean we've, yeah. we've seen it we've seen some of these teams before in the past where it's just like you know Tracy McGrady was was kind of one of those guys yeah um I think Garnett was one of those guys for a long time in Minnesota um where it's like it's just such an incredible talent that, like, he's so good that he lifts everybody around him and, and they can actually compete with one superstar. Where most of the time, these teams need two or three superstars. Yeah. and But he's that fucking good. I mean, there's only one basketball. And, and so, like, this guy can really control the game. And, and I think Luka's, Luka's unreal. He may be the best player in the NBA. What's What's been crazy to me and, and kind of why I wanted you to make that point it's just been crazy to see the Warriors just basically run circles around the Mavericks in this series. I 
It, obviously, their backs were up against the wall in Game Four. They had to something had to give. I I didn't think the Mavericks were going to get like swept. No, Luca, before the Luca series. himself can win one game. I mean, I think I think that that was completely possible. But uh, this Warriors team is on a mission. Yeah. Now the Eastern Conference, uh, the Heat Celtics game did end. The Celtics were able to steal Game Five on the road in Miami. Um, up until the fourth quarter, that game five felt like a game seven to me. It was a very low-scoring game. Tensions were high, I think, for both teams. It's been a brutal, brutal series. Uh, each game has been lopsided except for game three. I mean, this this game ended up being lopsided. Um, I'm looking at ESPN right now. In the second half, Miami was outscored 56-38 to 38 by Boston in the second half. And at one point, Boston had a twenty-four to two run. Yeah, I mean, a twenty-four to two run is going to lose you, but lose you a game. Yeah, you could not have a stretch like that, especially in the second half. Now, game three, the only game that was close, Miami had nineteen steals, and that was a defensive performance unlike anything I've ever seen. These teams are a great matchup. I mean, this is this is great. This is great for the NBA. These two teams, um, two great franchises, well-run franchises, stable stable franchises, kind of brands of basketball. Um, and they're just, I, I mean, they just fight. They're fight. They're fighters as teams. As Something. Like, I mean, their their identity is like, we're gonna fucking beat you. I don't. I'm gonna take mine against yours. Whoever it is, yeah. you know what I mean. Like they, they are not afraid of anybody. They don't back down to anybody. And I don't even think that they're the two best teams in the East. I no, mean, they're I, not. I, I, they're I, not. You know, I spoke about three teams that I thought were better than both of them. So, uh, it just goes to show you how much like. You know the that that locker room is important. Yeah, and, no, and putting the right guys on the right teams with the right, you know, all that stuff matters. Something Stephen A. said after Game One has really stuck with me for this series, and it was Miami won Game One and they won it in a blowout, and Stephen A. said that Boston finally met a team that could match their physicality. And it's it's just the the image that I have in my head of what this Miami Boston series has been is when Zach Randolph and Demarcus Cousins are talking shit to each other at the free throw line, and Zebo says to Demarcus Cousins, "Where I come from, bullies get bullied," and both of these two teams are bullies, and they are just beating up on each other in this series, and it's been fascinating to watch it's not been the greatest basketball to watch because there's no, been some sloppy plays not, and physical play but yeah, it's that's not what they're that's not their game plan no you know, they want they want to muck it up a little bit because they think that they're be- i mean jimmy butler is arguably the mvp of the muck it up basketball game yeah i mean that's that's what he wants um guys like marcus smart that's what they want um and those are those are leaders of this team well and I mean, we've seen guys get hurt in this series. Jimmy's missed time. He hurt his knee, and he really hasn't been the same since game two when he got hurt. Uh, Tyler Hero missed game four and game five. Robert Williams has been banged up all playoffs. Uh, Marcus Smart hurt his ankle. At this point in the season, like, everybody's everybody's banged up. No, but I I just think this series specifically, we've seen it. Like, they're physically beating each other up. Yeah, no, it's it's, uh, – I think unfortunately the Warriors are going to be able to be a lot more fresh and waiting for these guys and, and healthier. I, I, and I just see, I just don't see the Warriors losing to either one of these teams. I said in on Twitter during Game Three that these two teams were beating each other up so much that it the champion is for sure coming out of the West. 
I, I think the Mavericks could beat both of these teams. Yeah, I mean, in the second, first and second round, I was, I was, I believe that the the East was going to hang a banner. Yeah, but then literally the three teams I was kind of hanging my hat on got whooped. Um, so it's up for grabs. I could see, I could see Miami, Boston, or Golden State winning it at this time. Um, but I mean, to me, Golden State's the clear favorite. Yeah, by far. I mean, Golden State, it's we. They're healthy. They're experienced. They've got everything they need from a roster standpoint uh, to play. There's no Jokic or Embiid left in the playoffs. You know what I mean? There's no center that's going to. Well, that's one thing I actually wanted to talk to you about, Tyler, was Bam Adebayo. And if Miami goes on to come back from being down 3-2 and make it to the finals, Bam Adebayo, he could be. The only thing is, like, Draymond, like, Draymond will outsmart it. Well, no, Bam doesn't have like the length that the like the Embiid's and Yoke. Like Bam is more of a compact player. He's like a six nine center with with ball skills, which I think matches up much better for Draymond than a two hundred and seventy pound Embiid or Jokic leaning on him all right and, and having length over him. Like there's nothing he can do. Draymond's got Draymond's got um, you know enough height and 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 body weight, I guess, to, to power bang, to bang with Bam on bio. Yeah. I just Bam in this series, he's he's been the X factor for Miami. And, it's like when he's on, he's been yeah. they've been great. When yeah. he's he no, when I he's mean, been Bam, off. Bam's a stud. He's a great player. He's a he's a really talented like then why I mean, is he scared a, of Robert Williams? He's a well, Robert Williams is a defensive <laughs> specialist. I no, mean I this know. is a guy that makes makes millions of dollars stopping people like Bam out of bio. Um no, Robert, Robert Williams has Robert been Williams, incredible. Yeah, I mean, I I remember Robert Williams in college. I I just happened to like like that Texas A&M team with him and Tyler Davis and and the kid. They were, they had like three big guys. They had a six yeah. nine small forward who looked like a kid, looked like a child. I can't remember what his name was. And then they had two big guys underneath, and he was the two time Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. So it's like it, this is not something he just started doing um, to get an NBA job. He's been that guy. Uh, right, so, but and that's but he's also another one of those guys. It's like he's not a seven footer. He's more in that six nine, six ten range. So like those are going to be more those those are going to be more of the guys he struggles with, not the Bam Adebayo's. I was I wasn't trying to say that as a slight to Robert Williams. I'm trying to call out Bam Adebayo because Bam is being he's billed as the second superstar in Miami, and he hasn't been playing like that. Yeah, yeah. He I mean he is probably their second best player. Um, it's a it's a weird team though. I mean, when you got guys like Lowry and Old Depot, who Old Depot's been huge for them in the playoffs. Well, those two guys have had a tremendous amount of a tremendous amount of success in the NBA, but they're not in their heyday anymore. But that still doesn't mean anything. Like in the playoffs, like those are two killers. You know, people are gonna you got to take note of where they're out on the floor. So like Bam's kind of got support with that like supporting Jimmy thing. Um, but he, I mean. Robert Williams is a tough matchup for him. Yeah. That's a tough one. You know, there's there's guys out there that can play can play people that are better than them well. And, you know, the the thing I wish Bam was doing more that he did, I feel like, the last year, last season, was, you know, handling the rock and creating offense. Um, it's, it's a really unique skill set that he has to be able to take the ball in the high post and dribble it a couple times and yeah. make a pass or, you know, whatever. Uh, it just doesn't seem like that's as much, you know, probably because they have more ball handlers now with Lowry and Oladipo, but um, 
He's going to be all right. But yeah. I, I mean, I just, he's definitely not someone that I think can beat the Warriors, though. No. Now, someone else for Boston who I think has been huge for them and all playoffs and all season, really, Al Horford. Yeah. I mean, he kind of took, kind of reversed back time a little bit in these playoffs, but yeah, I dude's mean, been a certified hooper his whole career. And he's been giving me nightmares as a basketball fan his entire career. He's a stud. I mean, he's he's a tremendous basketball player, and and uh, he's extended his prime a long time. He's taken care of his body really, really well. Um, he's ex- ex- extremely smart, so he can go out. He's you know he's going to be able to go out there and play with guys that are more athletic than him or or more talented than him. Because he was dunking on Giannis. He's a he's a savvy he's a savvy guy, and and in the play, he wants a ring. So like those kind of players, I think they're they're so fucking focused and they're so locked in the moment that they're dangerous and they can kind of come out of nowhere and have big performances because that's you know he, in his mind he's like I do this I can do this every night but I we I know that my basketball team doesn't need me to do this you know yeah now before we uh, move on to uh, the All NBA teams and and those announcements um, I wanted to talk about this because we actually were kind of talking about it before we started recording uh, and you didn't you didn't know I was going to bring this up but heading into tonight's Boston Miami game game five the last 18 playoff games had an average margin of victory of 19.2 points so I mean we said you said coming off a loss no the last 18 playoff games have been won by an average of 19.2 points yeah that's horrible yeah so we we said we started off by saying the first did, round of the playoffs had blown our expectations out of the water and it was much better than expected and now it's taken a dip because of all these blowouts. It's a weird time in the NBA. What does that what does that say about the the product on the court? Do you think we were we we were talking in in uh, the kitchen at the radio station about parity? Yes, about parity. Yeah, I, I definitely think the parity is there. There's way more contenders than than you realize. You know, it's not. It's not L.A., Brooklyn, and that's it. You know, like they're like they're, it, like we thought at the beginning of the season. The, yeah, there is there is there is a lot of parity, but I also think that you know part of that that particular stat is um, like just shutting it down earlier in playoffs, like giving up on the the game. Like, okay, we're moving on to the next night. Type of Interesting, game, you know. So like. So the the leads are. You think teams are just waving the white flag earlier now? Earlier than they would in the regular season. You know, there's always a point in the game where it's like, you know, in the regular season, it's probably three, four minutes. Like if you're down, if you're down 16 with three minutes left, you're probably pulling your guys. But now I think, you know, in the playoffs, maybe you're pulling your guys at five, six, seven minutes. Get that little bit of extra rest because it is the the playoffs. And let's move on. Like we didn't get, we didn't it like. A win is a win and a loss is a loss. They count the same. They're one, you know, that's one point essentially each. So I guess it's I guess it's different because last night the Mavericks were facing elimination, but they were up twenty nine to start the fourth quarter. Warriors cut it to sixteen. And I distinctly remember Jason Kidd putting Luca back in the game. And as Luca's walking to the scorer's table to check back in, he's like shaking his head that he's pissed off that he's coming back in this game when they were yeah. up twenty nine. Yeah. No, I mean so I think that I think it is a mix of parity and and, uh, That's and just coaching coaching uh, strategy in the playoffs. Just like I didn't I didn't think about that aspect of we're team gonna, just waving the white flag a little bit earlier than they normally would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's strategic. You know, it's smart. Like, okay, 
let's let's get off the court and we'll get back to it. Now, Mark Cuban, another reason why I wanted to bring this up was because I saw a tweet from Mark Cuban about how he thinks the playing tournament has kind of taken away some of the meaning behind these playoff games because you're playing more meaningful games, like not more meaningful games, but more meaningful games in terms of more in terms of the amount of games that you're playing that mean something. Um, and it, it kind of takes the lackluster off of the longer series is. I'm not sure if I'm getting his quote right. I, I need to look it up. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, it's two games. It's it's not really taking away from, you know, they're, like you could have a team sweep its way through the playoffs. You could have a team go seven games throughout its playoffs. It could be drastically different. Okay, he says, as fun as the playing tournament was, it led to playoff games being played every other night, which raises the question of whether that has led to teams being tired and possibly injured. Uh, we can't extend the last day because of TV. Should the play-in be just eight seed or not at all? I mean, it's two games. I mean, it's a total of four games between the East and Western Conference. So it's like, I don't know. I think that's a little dramatic. I guess it's, I guess it's six games total between East and West. Yeah, um, but I think he's also got a little bit of uh, bitterness because he's losing in the playoffs right now. And well, they should be happy they're where they're at. They that that's a over. Uh, Overaccomplished team right there. Yeah, I just the the blow. I don't. I don't think. I don't like. Like, I don't think the playing tournament is is having that effect when we have things like back to backs all season. You know, what I mean, it's an eighty two game season. I don't think that like if we're if we're gonna talk about problems, cut cut it to seventy games and have your playing tournament. You know, well like, now there's cutting talk- the playing tournament is not gonna like cutting the playing tournament. I is completely not gonna- forgot about this. Now they're they're good. This summer in the off season, they're going to vote on that uh, mid season tournament. Yeah, and it's I'm like gonna, I'm going to stay open to that. We'll, no, we'll see how that goes. If you want to complain about the amount of games we're playing, why I'm are we not, adding? I'm a mid- not complaining. No, I'm, I'm I, saying I in like general. It, I'm saying in general. But, um, that's why. That's more of a reason why than than the playing tournament. The playing tournament is not the problem. Yeah, 82 game season is the problem. If, that's why motherfuckers are tired. It's not because of those two playing games. Well. I just I think with the the blowouts in the playoffs, it's it does kind of take away from the product on the court because it's like this is the playoffs. It's supposed to be uh, a highly contested battle between the top teams in in the league, and when you have teams getting blown out every other night, it it does take a little bit of the shine off of of what's no, what should does, be. No, it does. It's not as entertaining, but I think that you know there there is a strategy behind so. so behind it sometimes but i also do think you know the parody is there and and the way i will teams, agree the parody is there the way teams are playing too i mean you know it's you got to get i think it's been a nice swing of the pendulum too you have to have a high, like a lot of chemistry and a lot of you know um what do you call it like year in year out productivity from certain guys like bring continuity people, you need continuity you know um and and I think that you know teams that aren't as good as other teams are beating teams because they have that continuity, yeah, and that chemistry, and they've been together. I mean, Dallas is a bunch of guys that have been together for two, three years now. They all know their roles. They all play within their roles really well. Um, and and Luca gets them there. And getting rid of a a guy like Kristaps Porzingis who didn't fit mid season, and getting guys who did fit ended well, up helping them And they them traded immensely. their number two. Like they only had they like. Christos was their number two, and now they don't even have a number two. 
Yeah. I mean, you can't tell me Dinwiddie's their number two when he's their backup point guard. I mean, Jalen Brunson would technically be their number two, in my opinion. Yeah. It, well, and it's like I think the team as a whole is the number two. That's that's yeah. what, kind of my whole yeah. point of the the one man band. I mean, Dorian Finney. Is it going to be Dorian Finney Smith? Is it going to be Tim Hardaway Jr.? Is it going to be Reggie Bullock, Brunson? And then you got those big guys like Cleveland and Dwight Powell. All those guys have been in Dallas forever. Yeah. You know, those are Dallas Maverick players. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, the all NBA teams were announced. Uh, we'll quickly go through them. Uh, first team Giannis, Luka, Nikola Jokic, the MVP, Devin Booker, and Jason Tatum. Three international guys are the best players of the NBA. Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, then it, it's it's you know it's been it's it's been coming but it's it's here now. I mean, Luka, Giannis, Jokic, even guys like Embiid. Embiid know, went to high school in America though. There uh, did he though? Yeah, he did. How many years? Four years. He played JV. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I mean, he didn't lose none of that accent, huh? No. Damn. Because I thought when he got to Kansas, he like ballooned he, in weight because he started like eating. No, he went. He went to high school in Florida. Interesting. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. No, there's been a whole. But I mean, I still think that I would still like I would consider Hakeem Olajuwon uh, an international player. No, he he went to he he went to the University of Houston. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. Like I would still consider like I don't I don't don't consider consider him an American. Like just just well, that's that's that came out a little harsh. (laughs) He's an American. That's not what I meant. Uh, (laughs) That's funny. Uh, no, I, I consider him. I consider him an international player. I don't think it's as cut and dry as like if you went to college. You're not, I mean, you're not an international player now. I don't know. It's tough. I don't know. Anyway. I mean, I don't think that they grew up there in their youth in in America. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I don't think that this is what they call home. No, but Embiid going to high school here kind of. No, I mean that that is that that's that's a little different. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, well, that, so and, and that's it's that's funny a little different. That, but I still see see him as like, where's he from? Cameroon. Yeah. That, yeah. I like that's what I view him as. Yeah. No, I mean I don't it, view him as a Florida kid. It's funny that you said that the three top players in the NBA right now are international because there's been a whole debate on Twitter about like international development versus AAU development and the American. Um, like style of play and where like where is where it's at in its um evolution and all of that so it it was just funny that you brought that up off a whim yeah i mean hey you yeah that's that's always been a thing though hey he's been playing the same style of basketball for years it's yeah. it's up and down it's at the rim or it's at the three like that's what it is yeah it's insanely athletic there's they're not skill driven um they're production driven they're you know pressing the whole games yeah. stuff like that like it's not necessarily the best way to translate into the NBA game or even the college game. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a lot of things that European kids get like training wise, skill wise, basketball wise that American kids can't, but it's vice versa too. Like Euro kids don't see the athletes that, that the AU kids see. Yeah, definitely. Now, but yeah, I, I think I thought it was a big deal and I thought it was, it was pretty dope to see the first team and, and see Luka Giannis and Jokic on that. No, that's, that is, that's, that's a I huge mean, deal. That's, that's big time. Now, second team uh, was Joel Embiid, John Morant, Kevin Durant, uh, Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan. Obviously, the big uh, to-do with the second team was how is the second-place MVP guy, Joel Embiid, on the second team when he's— Again, not the first time this has happened either. No, it's not. There's this is how it goes. Plenty of 
examples. But this is, you know, these are not, this is not things that I, I would love it if they went to like a five player system. But at the same time, he was the second. If we're making teams, okay, here's our first NBA team. We're rolling out. This is our center for the first team. This is our center for the second team, you know? It, but I it, think there's, there's a little bit of like logistics in that, you know, he's the second best center. Is he the second best player too? Yeah. I think the argument could be made that you could slide Jokic to the forward. But then that, then it's just semantics. Like, right, just, exactly. Just drop that shit. Right, and, drop and, the position. Uh, yeah, like, let's go. Uh, I mean, NBA fans have been dying for this for a long time just because it's turned it's turning into such a positionless game. Yeah. Uh, put Give the five best players first team. Put the 24 best players in the all-star game. It doesn't matter, conference, position, whatever. Yeah. They're hoopers. Put five of them out there. See what happens. Definitely. I mean, I saw it in 2002 them throw – in the all-star game, I saw him throw, what, Dirk, KG, Duncan, and Shaq all in yeah. the court together. Yes. Unreal. All right, third team, Carl Anthony Towns, LeBron James, Chris Paul, Trey Young, Pascal Siakam. I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't do a deep dive into who didn't get picked. So, like, I don't necessarily know the, the, the snubs off top, I'm sure. Uh, was it Braun and Siakam? Yeah, Braun and Siakam. I'm sure those two are kind of the ones that like see LeBron little, was in the MVP conversation until uh, he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean LeBron being third team is whatever, but I don't I didn't see the the guys that didn't make it. Like, but there's no there's no there's not one that's like jumping off the page to me that was like, How the fuck did he not get in? Yeah. All right. NBA all defensive teams, the first team, Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year, Mikhail Bridges, Rudy Gobert, Giannis, and Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, second team, Bam Adebayo, Drew Holiday, Matisse Teibel, Robert Williams, and Draymond Green. Fucking insane. Yeah. How is DeJounte how is not on there? That's a good point. Led the league in steals. That's a very good point. Teibel, he's a fucking bum. Who else? Say, say those teams again. <laughs> Marcus Smart, Mikhail Bridges, Rudy Gobert, Giannis, Jaron Jackson Jr. No, I got to take him over Jaron Jackson Jr., I gotta take. Uh, I think I think this is a whole position argument. No, no, again. that that one is for sure. But then it's like Tybal. Who, who else is on this? Bam, Drew, Robert Williams, and Draymond. You're not taking him. No, Drew but, is okay. Drew is Drew, Drew, but Drew and Tybal for sure. Like could have been replaced by Dejounte. It would have been a big. Deal. I'm keep no. I'm keeping Drew on. I'm definitely taking Tybal off. And or the or the first team dude, Mikael Bridges. Yeah, you know it's like I I mean I get it, but like how's how is DeJounte not on there? No, it's, that's a great point. Once again, DeJounte Mc, getting snubbed. Well, and Mikel is more of a, I feel like that's more of a team award, like a team success. Yeah. They were the, be they were the best team in basketball. He was their primary <laughs> wing defender. If de facto, you get to be all team defense. Yeah. No one's afraid of Mikel Bridges. Like I said, the Suns were frauds. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. I don't, I don't know about the, all I'm that, but Mikel, but Mikel Bridges is not. I don't know. He's not scary. All right, the Come NBA on. All Rookie Teams. The first team. Marcus Smart puts the fear of God in you. <laughs> Draymond Green puts the fear of God in you. These are these are th that's a defensive player. Robert Williams. This is, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, Rook, yeah, Robert Williams or Triple J. I'm sure Triple J had had dope stats. Though. He led the league in blocks. Yeah, I just I just really didn't um, I didn't watch a ton of them during the regular season. So. What about Gobert? Does he put the fear of God in you? Nah, he's French. <laughs> I just I 
I had to get that no. one. But he but he is the modern day Mutombo, no doubt. All right, the NBA all rookie teams. First team: Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Franz Wagner, Jalen Green. Yeah, they blew it on that one too. Giddy, you, like to not have Josh Giddy on the first team is big time. So stupid. Four NBA rookies of the month. Yeah, no, nah, it was it was like he was. He, like I was honestly surprised he wasn't in the top three for rookie of the year. But yes, he, we but talked I, about but it. But I was just thought he was okay. He's a clear fourth. Like those other three dudes had great years. I mean, Kate yeah. had, had a great year. Evan Mobley had a great year, and Scotty Barnes had a great year. But I think Giddy was right there with those guys. Not these. Not this back five. Hundred percent. Franz Wagner and 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 Jalen Green. Like I think he was much more productive than than those two. And and. And, you know, Jalen Green, he should have – he had a, a tremendous opportunity to be, like, a high-scoring guy his rookie year, and it just yeah. didn't really work out. Second team, Herbert Jones, your boy Josh Giddy, Bones Highland, Ayo Desonmu, Chris Duarte. Those are those are all solid. I like I like that those guys, the Herbert Joneses, the – what's the kid from the Bulls? Uh, I, oh, Ayo Desonmu. I like that those guys got some recognition because they played really well. I yeah. mean, I, I think that, you know, even for where they were drafted, it's like very, you know, they came in and they were a solid piece to those to those teams. Oh, and they uh, played and Bones me- Highland. All three of those guys. Bones Highland, Her- Herbert Jones. Is that his name, Herbert Jones? Yeah. And, and Ayo Desonmu? Ayo. Ayo Desonmu? Desonmu. Yeah, I think. Ayo Desonmu. Oh, we'll work on that. <laughs> but, those, but those three, those three guys, I think, no, are, they all are, played meaningful minutes in the playoffs too. It's cool to see those three guys get some recognition because, you know, they weren't they're they're not the lottery guys. You know, they're they're kind of they were the gems of the, of the draft. I would a hundred percent switch Josh Giddy and Jalen Green first team, second team. Yeah, no, I think that that's a that's an easy one. It, it it's weird to me that they didn't give Giddy first team honestly, like. Yeah, I know that I'm completely a fan of botched his, that. No, they completely botched that. It's, it just seems weird. There, I feel like, man, who else is there? Austin Reeves had a hell of a year, and he was undrafted. Austin Reeves had a hell of a year. He he was he was good. He's like he's. I mean, he the the problem is is he didn't do quite as much as those other three guys. We no, just talked about no, no, no. But, no, that's it. I think those are good rookie teams. Yeah. All right. Last thing before we get out of here. We got to give an update on the Lakers head coaching search. Uh, the finalists reportedly are Darvin Ham, the Bucks lead assistant, Terry Stotts, the former Portland Trailblazers head coach, and Kenny Atkinson, the former Nets head coach and current Golden State Warriors assistant. He was with the Clippers last season under Ty Lue. Uh, Terry Stotts reportedly had an interview yesterday with the team. Um, Stotts would be my my guy if I if I was you know. I don't know much about Atkins, uh, Kenny Atkinson. I know his name gets thrown out a lot. I'm sure he's a very good coach, just by how often his name gets dropped. But uh, well, and, he was, and he I was like Darvin. Fired and I remember Darvin Ham um, as a player. Atkinson was the one. Atkinson was the coach of the Nets when they had the D'Angelo Russell, Jared Dudley. Yeah, that yeah. Team. When Ky- that first year with Kyrie and Kyrie didn't play. And yeah, and Karis LeVert and those guys. Made he was run. fired uh, for Steve Nash. Yeah. Um, but Darvin Ham is reportedly LeBron James's Dar- first choice. And Darvin Ham, man, like if you, I mean, I actually used to, you know, there's certain role players from your childhood you always fall in love with, right? And, yeah. And you kind of like balloon their, 
you think of them in this light that they probably necessarily weren't in. But Darvin Ham was one of those guys for me. This dude played with some tenacity. I mean, he tried. He coaches with some tenacity. Yeah, I mean, this was a guy that was like, I don't know if you ever saw him play. Yeah, I did. But he was like, I mean, if if you've seen Kenyon Martin at the rim, that was like Darvin Ham, but in like a six five guy's body. Um, he was just uh, a relentless uh, player. So the, you know, if he's if he, if he's got any of that in him as a coach, it, I would. I would be excited to see him. I'm excited to see him get a chance to be the head coach. But I really like Terry Stotts, so I kind of like um, that's like where I would lean. But Darvin Ham's going to be would be a great uh, hire as well. So I mean, Ham's also getting interest from the Charlotte Hornets. Um, and pretty, I'm pretty sure he won a dunk contest too. Interesting, Darvin Ham. I don't know. Did he? He at least competed in one. I don't know if he actually won it, but. That, was, that would be like 90s. Um, he was in the 96 dunk contest, I think. Yeah, he won it. Yeah. He won the 96 dunk contest. Good for him. Yeah. But, so that's, I mean, that's that kind of explains why I thought, you know, why I probably thought he was cool. You yeah, know, he won a, role, a dunk contest. A role player that won a dunk contest is always <laughs> going to be cool. So, I mean, so Ham's also getting interest from Charlotte, but Charlotte's also interested in Mike D'Antoni, the Philly assistant. I'm down with that one. I now want, I want I want I want it. I want D'Antoni and Lamelo. D'Antoni needs to become the head coach of the Hornets because there are rumors that the Lakers still for some reason think they it want It doesn't matter. Whoever LeBron wants as a coach is who this coach should be. I I I know, but the Lakers still think they might want Doc Rivers for some reason, even though Daryl Morey has said Doc Rivers isn't going to be hey, I'm not worried leaving about that. Philly. I'm not worried about that. I don't think that's a legitimate threat. I, You never know. You don't. You really don't. But I think that, A, he's going to be held on to. Well, the, the th here's the thinking. If Doc Rivers is let go in Philly. He's the number one coach in, out there, free agency. But I'm talking about the Lakers, he cannot come to the Lakers. I've made that clear. If he Doc, can, he can. I don't think they're taking your. I know they won't, but if Doc leaves Philly, that means realistically, probably James Harden told Daryl Morey, I don't want to play for Doc Rivers. Make Mike D'Antoni the coach and we'll recreate what we had in Houston. So that means Darvin Ham would go to Charlotte and Mike D'Antoni would get elevated to. Yeah, but uh, head Harden, coach in Philly. Harden asking for D'Antoni, like that would be such a weird mix of signals after our conversation about him, like taking a step back effort wise. Like, but here's the thing: why him would and Maury you, have that relationship? Why would you want to go, like, <laughs> if he's taking a step back? Like, why would you want to center your team thinks, around him again? Like, the the team should be centered around Embiid. Maybe Harden thinks that he can get back to his ways with D'Antoni as the head coach. That that would be a good thing. Then I mean, if if you're if you're sitting over there looking for effort out of out of Harden, and that's like what's going to give it, then maybe it's not a bad thing. Maybe, but I just don't believe it. Like, why would you? Why would Philly want to build their team around Harden on offense? Like, you know, with the no, I I agree. When when like his effort isn't there, and there's a better player on the team, you should really you know revolve your your team around. I agree. I'm just 
this is all of the conspiracy theories that are happening in no, Lakers easy, fans' world. It's easy world. to play the dominoes game. I think D'Antoni and, and Charlotte is a good mix. That needs to happen. I think that's going to happen. Um, and then whoever LeBron wants as the Lakers coach, that's who they should go with. My ideal situation. You definitely can't hire somebody that LeBron's not feeling. Yeah. No, I mean, my ideal situation is Darvin Ham is the head coach. Terry Stotts is the lead assistant. But it came out today that during the interview yesterday with with the Lakers, they asked Terry Stotts if he wasn't going to be the head coach, would he take a lead assistant role with the Lakers? And he said no. So that's now out of the question. He should. He's a he's a great he's a great coach. He, I mean, right. I don't he, blame he, him. He coached those Portland teams up way over there. He was there for eight years, I think, and they and, made the playoffs all eight years. And they were, and they had no business playing at the level they were playing at. You know, he really coached those guys up. So I, I mean, mean, him with Lillard, you know, was and McCollum, just, yeah, was a great was a great combo. They just could never quite get over the hump. Yeah. So I mean, I, the draft for the NBA is about a month away. Uh, the Lakers don't have any draft picks in the draft, but they've always somehow found a way into the second round with a, a late good, trade or whatever. It's a good draft. It's a good draft coming up. I think they need to have a head coach before the draft because they need to have a direction of where the team is going by the draft. Yep. You always kind of hope that. So, all right. That uh, that just about does it. Uh, you got any shout-outs before we get out of here? I'm just going to shout out the the rumors going around circulating, which it's not necessarily like credible sources of like ESPN stature or anything, but um, just some whispers on the web about the Sonics and, and the NBA expanding in 2024, uh, expanding to Seattle and Vegas, which would be, I mean, obviously dope. Uh, I would be stacked for that. I'm hoping, you know, it's Adam Silver was really waiting on the dispar the the disparity of talent and and the you know um, what do you call it just top down competitiveness to get better. And after coming off of those Warriors Cleveland Finals, you know, it felt like oh fuck, Seattle's never going to get a team like only the same two teams are making it every year. Uh, but now now there's been some. Uh, uh, now that's now that's kind of changed up. So I'm I'm hoping that that uh, Seattle gets a team here in a, in a couple of years and we're we're back in it. Yeah, I mean, if they're gonna add Seattle, they realistically would have to add another team just so it could. Um, yeah, which was why it, seemed, it was so bleak even. for so many years because it just didn't see like the NBA was in a place to expand. Um, if anything, it was like they had too many teams. So now it's 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 dope that there's a it, it's possible now. Yeah, so I'm also uh, going to shout out Michael Grove. He, obviously, former guest here on the TSK show, friend of the show. Hopefully, we can get him back on soon. Um, he's actually really busy. He's in the middle of his season. Yep. Uh, but he made his major league debut for the Dodgers on Friday, May 15th. Uh, I was in quarantine. It was a day game, uh, so I was luckily, lucky enough to watch the whole game and uh, get to see him pitch the first few innings of a bullpen game. The reason he got called up was because Clayton Kershaw got hurt and the Dodgers needed some uh, guys to do a couple of spot starts, so they called a couple of guys up, and Michael just happened to be one of them. Um, it was the first comeback win of the season for the Dodgers. Um, he didn't get the win, but he would have gotten the loss if the Dodgers ended up losing that game. Um, I texted him after the game. Congratulations. He got right back to me. I was very shocked that he got right back to me. I thought, well, and he didn't give up any earned runs, right? It right. Was, so it was all, it was all off an on, air. Yeah. Right. So in the second inning, 
Uh, Gavin Lux has an error at second base, and he ended up getting a guy on base, and then four runs ended up scoring because of that error. Uh, So they weren't technically charged to Michael, but he left the game with a 4-0 deficit. Yeah, yeah, no, it was tough, but it was... was, uh... It wasn't like the worst. It, it wasn't like the worst it could have gone. No, it definitely could have gone a lot worse. Uh, and then Gavin Lux ended up being the hero of that game and getting the walk-off hit to win the Dodgers the game. So he got some redemption. You better hook up our boy a little bit. <laughs> but. Um, but it it was great to see Michael make his major league debut. Well, he's the first. Uh, he's the first major athlete we've we've had interviewed to play in the big three sports. Yeah. We he had, is. We haven't had any guys that had NBA time, right? No, not NBA time. Or NFL, so. No. It's the first. Yeah. Can't believe it. That's a big one. It's but big, the one. he basically right after the game, uh, he got sent back down uh, to the minors just because of roster transactions and how it works in baseball. Um, but he didn't get sent back down to double A. They sent him to triple A, so he technically got a promotion. Yep. So he's now in AAA for the Dodgers. Uh, so hopefully he, kid, can, he can make his way back to the major leagues uh, for a little bit more time this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, just talking with the kid on the show, um, he seems like a grinder. He's been through a lot, um, injuries, COVID, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, he just seems like a fighter and seems like, uh, you know, he's going to get another shot. Yeah, and listen, I mean, when he got down 4 nothing, he, he, he didn't lose composure. He, he got out of the inning and just – Brushed it off and came back out for for the next inning, and just tried to try the best he hey, could. Nice. Nah, I mean, he's he's trying to do one of the hardest things in the world. So yeah, all the power to him. So all right, with that, that wraps up episode two hundred forty-seven of the TSK show for Tyler Pachulki. I'm Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show, so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Peace.